Aaron Jones, the lone back. Rodgers takes, fakes the Jones. Rolling left, looking downfield. Pops the left side, back shoulder. Leaping, grab to the end zone. It is a touchdown for the old man, Mercedes Lewis. Oh, what a play. Back shoulder to number 89. A touchdown pass of 18 yards. And the Packers back in front. Hill takes, fakes the handoff, and fumbles the football. Hit from behind. It's picked up by Zedarius Smith. We go, Green Bay. Oh my goodness, Darius Smith, the biggest play of the game today. Rodgers takes the snap, has time, throws it deep down the right side. He's got his man over the shoulder catch. It's MBS in the 10 to the 5, and rope down from me. I make that Lazard. Beg your pardon, Alan Lazard on the big pass play. What a ball game tonight. At the Superdome in New Orleans, the Green Bay Packers go to 3-0. They're tied with Chicago atop the NFC North. Welcome to the Packer Force podcast, where life is just a living smoke show over here in, in Green Bay land, where all we do is win and score 40 points and beat the shit out of everyone and the offense is perfect and we're not going to talk about the defense and the offense is great (laughs) and everything is magnificent and i am your host elliot sill and i'm joined by my brothers and guys it was another win a successful sunday night romp against the new orleans saints yeah final score 37 37 to whatever they had. I don't remember. 30? Yeah, I think they might have scored. They got 30. I think they scored. Um, yeah, 15 at most. No, 37 to 30. And there was a lot of romping going on. There was I just a guy on the them. other side of the ball who the only way you could really describe what he was doing to us was romping. Are you talking about Alvin Kamara? I don't think we were saying his name, but... Yeah. Guys, give Alvin Kamara the Pat Mahomes the deal. Pat Mahomes contract. Give that guy five billion dollars, five hundred million dollars. Talk to for, the U.S. government. For, yeah, <laughs> to Alvin Kamara, stay away from the Packers forever. That's right. That's never. the contract. Mark Murphy hands him the contract and says, "You're never playing us again." Here's two hundred million dollars. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, we we yeah. have we have a lot of fun things to talk about on offense, but I think kind of the, the talking point of the week Get has been the, the defense. The defense. We gave up, I don't know, thirty points on that one Alvin Kamara play mm-hmm. where we missed five tackles, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was it was bad because they didn't have an impressive quarterback. Drew Brees was not impressive. He threw the ball more than 10 yards, like, once. And mm-hmm. they got up and down the field. They didn't They didn't need it. it, it and that one time was short <laughs> to Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he yeah, he had to slide. Up. That was his big play. He caught it crisscross applesauce. Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, obviously there's, there's a plan in place Mm -hmm. and it's okay to now that we won you say yeah well the plan worked okay but you gave up 30 points mike Patton's plan they gave up everything underneath it was like 
It was like a Dom Capers defense, but mm-hmm. 10 to 15 yards closer than let, they were allowing. Let, let's mull this over for a second, because I think this kind of sums it up. Chris Collinsworth said that this defense is built for shootouts. First of all, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and is he right, or is he joking? I think... I think it makes sense, and here's why. Because uh, we were just in a shootout, and we won it. No, but I think I think what you might be what you might be calling on there is the capacity of the players on this defense, the playmakers on this defense, for timely plays and for big kind of turnover type plays and big timely sacks. Um, that's one of the things I think that's really underappreciated about Zadarius and Preston Smith is like they put in a lot of work last year and a lot of numbers and sacks, and so many of those were like big third-down situational sacks mm-hmm. um, that sealed games or you know put them out of reach, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, again, had Zadarius Smith responding to a turnover on downs by forcing a fumble on one former Packer, Taysom Hill, uh, and that... I mean, we only got a field goal out of that drive, but I think the sheer momentum of that play kind of took the wind out of their sails, you know, sent Drew Brees back to the bench grumpy, and then all of a sudden they had to deal with a deficit. And then the next Saints possession, they come out and they get a three and out. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get the ball back, there's two minutes left and they're down ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that fourth quarter was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, the defense did show up late. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think when you say it's built for shootouts, I think you're kind of saying like they give up a lot, but they'll they'll get their licks in. Mm-hmm. If you give them enough chances, they will get the big play. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes some sense. Okay. Okay. I don't know. We're good enough to win games as long as our offense is as good as it is. Deke, do you think that this defense is built for shootouts? And what do you think of Chris Collinsworth? I think Chris Collinsworth is a weenie dickhead, and he's probably got somebody's balls on his forehead every time he's not looking. <laughs> what do you mean? He's not. What he's not looking at his forehead. <laughs> or when he's not yeah, look, he's like not when he's closed his eyes. He turns around, it's like, oh shit! Balls <laughs> in my forehead again. How did I not see it coming? It happens like every forty-five seconds. Okay, why? It's crazy balls. Why don't you? Why don't you like don't... Chris Collinsworth? Chris Collinsworth is like dope. He's garbage. Do you remember when he was calling that that Aaron Rodgers? drive against the Arizona Cardinals and, you know. He's a terrible person. <laughs> he sucks. He's whiny. He's cranky. He's, he's not whiny. He's not whiny. I don't he's think that he's whiny. super whiny. It's funny, like, the night we talked about him last, me and Ephraim talked about him later, and he's like, I don't know if you remember, but when, when he played, when he played, he was whiny. Oh, he could be a whiny player. He was a whiny player. He was whining for fucking the 
defender on behalf of Mercedes Lewis. He fucking whines on everything. He's not even involved in shit, and he's whining about it. No, oh, I don't think that's whining. There's another word for it, maybe, but I don't see it as whining. I guess maybe he was a whiny player. I can see him as a. I can definitely player. see him as a whiny player. His kid definitely shouldn't have a job on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Just because he amusingly sounds exactly like him? Yeah. He did used to work for ESPN. Like, it's not like he completely comes out of nowhere. But, um, because I remember I saw him on a college football broadcast, and I was like, whoa, Chris Collinsworth, but younger and blonder. Mm -hmm. Because he sounded like his dad enough to be fucking convincingly confusing to people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anyways, to the point of... Are we built for shootouts? Like, that's that's not a thing you want to be built for. You want to be a defense that keeps you out of shootouts because <laughs> your defense is locking them down. If you're in a shootout, it's because your defense isn't stopping them either. It's not in any way a compliment. It doesn't make fucking sense. It's just a <laughs> thing does, that somebody said. It does make sense. I I clarify. I, I made it make sense. You tried. No. Still didn't. Like, no. He basically said we're bent but don't break. That's its own thing. It's not built for shootouts. Well, I, so I think Chris Collinsworth was kind of saying it in a tongue-in-cheek, like, yeah, this defense, they come up with big plays somehow, but they can't tackle for shit. Like, well, not when it's Will Redmond and Ty Summers. Like, let's get our guys in there. Yeah, Let's we get... need to get Chandon Sullivan and Christian Kirksey out there. Yeah, at least you didn't say Josh Jackson <laughs> this time. Um, I still believe in him. We we had, listen, we we're playing the New Orleans Saints, and say what you want. I mean, here's here's one thing I'll give Drew Brees credit for. He doesn't have an arm, but he knows it. He doesn't mm-hmm. try to force shit downfield. He only does what is available and what works and that that final i don't know that he doesn't have the arm it looks like he doesn't but he also hasn't needed it he's getting these short underneath things to fucking Kamara that are going for a thousand yards of play except on the final drive when they had the chance to come back down three in the fourth quarter they had a three and out Andrew, and on that three and out, they had three completed passes. Okay, so that's not an effective strategy when you have three chances uh, to throw the ball and you're throwing successful completions and you still only get five yards. Fourth and that's six. Accurate. That's bad. Yeah. yeah, it ended up like fourth and six. Yeah, and they punted to us. It was a short punt. We went down. We milked the clock to the two-minute warning. We got a touchdown. It was over. Well, that's because our defense is built to fuck you up. In the fourth quarter, maybe. Um, our defense is built to fuck me up. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a heart pounding rump. Well, here's the thing: we just talked about last week how our defense is strength based in its cornerbacks with Kevin mm-hmm. King and Jair Alexander. And when you don't throw to the people that the cornerbacks guard, mm-hmm. you're kind of taking away that advantage. We knew that this offense was going to be a problem for us. Yeah. Which is weird because it's an offense based off of dinking and dunking. I think we took Jared Cook out of the game, but we could not take Alvin Kamara out of the game, which was 
but uh, the obvious threat. You got eleven receptions. Yeah. So you know someone's good. Like I mean, we had to have had tried to have some sort of plan for that. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe that was our plan was to take everything long away and give them the underneath shit, and they ran with the underneath shit well, but not well enough to win. So our plan was correct, and we won. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I think this league offense is way in front of the defense right now. There is not a lot of balance. I mean, like all the games that scoring I've seen is up is way across up. the board. LA, it looks like games are all thirty to twenty four or thirty five to thirty two or whatever. I, scoring is up everywhere, and I don't think that there's a way to stop some of these offenses. Like, Aaron Rodgers is doing whatever the fuck he wants right now with Alan Lazard and Jay Sternberger, Bob Tanyan. You know, Aaron Jones really makes things things go. Like, the offense really does run through both of the Aarons. Like, you have to be able to stop Aaron Jones. If you can't stop Aaron Jones, then, you know, I think then we, we got you where we want you. Yeah. But here's the thing, we've always known that this offense is driven by errands, but you've never really thought this. Alan Lazard, if you're an Asian man. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is my fault for bringing up 2006 over and over again in our pregame conversation. Um, yeah, so. Uh, do you guys know we have four tight ends? Yes. Name the four tight ends. Duh. Jay Sternberger, Bob Tyner, Mercedes Lewis, and Josiah DeGuara. Rank them. Uh, I would say. They're all the same. <laughs> they are all the number. They are all the number two and a half tight end. <laughs> number two and a half tight end. I think it's clearly emerging to be a hierarchy where Bob Tanyan is the guy. I no, I well, I think they all have their roles. I think if you're looking for a lead character of the bunch right now, it's Bob Tanyan, and I think there's a healthy rivalry. With uh, Jay Sternberger, Mercedes Lewis is the, you know. Okay, here, here's here's a better way to frame this conversation. The tight ends are forming a garage band. Who who plays what instruments? Oh God! All right, Mercedes is on drums. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tanya's guitar. Deguara is the keyboard player. The keyboard player. Yeah, Deguara is picking up a fucking tambourine and trying to like, <laughs> get in the door. So yeah. Jace. Jay Sternberger is the bass player. Jay Sternberger is becoming a very much like Tom Crabtree type tight end, where maybe he makes a play somewhere and then, and he's fun when he gets in, but. No. Really and right yeah. now they're both. I think Jay Sternberger and Bob Tanyan both believe in their voices, and they're <laughs> trying to see who's the lead singer right now. And uh, you know that's that that'll be decided. Does Bob Tanyan strike you as a lead guitarist? 
not at all, but he's the closest we got. <laughs> Bob Tanyan strikes me as a, a, a super cocky uh, um, lead, or rhythm guitarist. That, like, See that's what I was thinking. I was hair. thinking Jay Sternberger was like the rhythm guitarist. He's like, like he's there to be in the band, and he knows enough guitar to be in the band. I feel like Jay Sternberger plays lead guitar, but his solos don't have any soul yet. Like he's still <laughs> looking for his voice. Okay. <laughs> this is, yeah. I, I mean, he's got the potential to elevate. Are we sure? No. Here's here's the problem. I think Mercedes Lewis plays bass. I think Mercedes Lewis is the the bassist who is solid, and we need a drummer. And I think I think Bob Tanyan's the drummer. I think Mercedes Lewis is the solid drummer. Like you, you just think just that he looks there. like Questlove. That's what that is. No, that's not what it is. Uh, I would yeah, I would say that he's he's the drummer. There's no one that can do what he does. He's kind of on a different level. That's the pace. Jaguar's lead guitar. Yeah, you could say, well... I think he's got to be, like... I think Jaguar right now is, like, is like a pianist that, like, has studied, like, classical music and is trying to get into rock. Like, he's trying to take that next step. Like, he's trying to... He's, like... He's almost there. I mean, he's got some skills and stuff, but, like... And I, I don't know if he's ever gonna shine. The pianist never shines. Here's the thing: the does this band does this band suck? Does this band totally suck? <laughs> no, dude, they got a good following. Like you go, you go. Also, you show. have to keep in mind that like their rich friend was totally the front. Jimmy Graham was the front man, <laughs> and then he left the band. Oh yeah, because he was a oh, fucking yeah. sellout. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went to go lay down production tracks for fucking pop stars. Ugh. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, we never Nobody did. Nobody respected his soul. Yeah. He wasn't gonna take us to new heights. Yeah, that's why DeGuara is like the new. He's like the lead guitarist, but they're not sure there yet, so they're putting uh, him on new, keyboard to yeah, start. Yeah, he's a he's a new color completely. Like he's a new thing. Like that's the thing with keyboard is that 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 can lead to synthesizer. That can lead to like whole different like levels and dimensions in the band and i think that's why he's trying to add to the offense yes exactly yeah yeah and i think lewis is that that drum and bass that rhythm the blocking the the solid fundamental stuff that you need to make music yeah he's your rhythm sec he's your whole rhythm section that like if he leaves, you don't have anyone that is like an actual blocking tight end. Yeah, <laughs> like He's got a that... bunch of dudes playing guitar with each other. <laughs> right, right. That like, oh, we needed our drummer. We needed someone to do the dirty work for us mm-hmm. to keep us together. This is why the Packer Force is the best podcast. Exactly. <laughs> you want numbers, you want stats, you want concepts. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go on and fuck yourself. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. Um, Alan Lazard. Let's talk about something fun. Alan yeah. Lazard, once again, he has a knack for the spotlight. His breakout performance, even if Andrew doesn't remember, his breakout performance last year was Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. 
And Sunday Night Football, you know, Devontae Adams not active. Here comes Alan Lazard having, like, a game that would be, like, the third best of Devontae Adams' career. <laughs> Six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Not bad. He had, I think this was his breakout performance. His last performances had been breaking in. He's getting used to it. He's getting his feet wet. This was his first time under the spotlight with him as number one where he did not shy away from the moment the spotlight. He stepped up. He caught the balls. He made plays. He did great. And he did that while still showing a room for improvement. There were a couple things he could have done better, but he was fantastic enough to be like, okay, without Devontae Adams, we know where we're throwing the ball. Yeah, the only way that that's true, Andrew, is if he comes out this week and has a good performance again. Because if not, I think so. Maybe. I don't think. I don't. I mean, it seems like. Well, he was trying to play last week, but yeah, I think they're optimistic that he'll be back. He might be slightly decoyish. I'd say it's fifty-fifty-ish, but either way, against a fucking. Atlanta's secondary, which last I checked was ranking, what, 32nd? Yeah, their their defense has not been great. Yeah, especially in the secondary. It sounds like they're bad and losing people. I'm confident in Lazard to repeat. Maybe not the, to the same numbers. I honestly expect him to get another catch or two and probably lesser yards, but he's doing great. He had two deep catches. Really he had two deep catches, and neither of them were touchdowns. His touchdown was a different catch. I really wish he would have ran in that second one. Been, that's one of the areas I suggested he could improve in. If he was a number one, he would have high-stepped around that tackle that got him on the five or whatever. And he wouldn't have fucking looked back so much. You get the yeah. ball, and you're in front of the guy? Fucking Terrible run. The whole time, man. Go. I hope he's getting properly yelled at by Luke Getze about that. Mm-hmm. That's something you But see. it was still a great yeah. play that can be improved on. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a little. He's got some dog in him too, which he I does. like. Yeah. I I think he's I think he's tough. I think he's cocky, and I like it. I'm here for mm-hmm. it. The yeah, man can one block. Of the exciting players to watch on this team. Yeah, yeah. And he's a I, good Packer. He is. He is. He's going to be a... Uh, I see him as someone that's going to emerge in a more of a leadership role, as a vocal vocal person. He seems like a vocal dude. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. He's a year away from really being a vocal dude. I think this is his year to get there. Yeah, but I... I, I the yeah, no, yeah, throughout the year. I don't see him as, like, he established himself as that, but... I, I see him emerging as that guy through his career as a Packer. Okay, let's do another fun exercise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to count to three. When I, well, no, I'm going to count down from three. And instead of zero, all of us are going to say what position we think Tyler Irvin is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, Dante wide receiver. Hall, X Factor. Okay, so we all agree. He's an X Factor. He's a wide receiver. Yeah. I yeah, I'd call him I think I'd call him uh, a receiver. <laughs> Why? Why? 
What is he? Because he, Kendrick Max yeah, factor. Why does he gotta call him anything? He's he's like he's like the offensive Micah Hyde, you know. Yeah. Is he corner? Is he safety? Is he linebacker? What is he? He's just Tyler Irvin. He just swerves. He swerves. <laughs> you put him in one position, he swerves to the next. He, I love Tyler Irvin because if you think about it, like give me the ball. If you, if you think about it, we got like you know four receivers, four or five receivers, Oof. three running backs. Yeah, but he's more than Randall Cobb. He like does well, the he does the things that only Randall Cobb used to do, but he does them like three times better than Randall Cobb did them. Yeah, but he also does the one thing that Randall Cobb used to do better than Urban did way better, which is being just a fucking receiver. I don't know what you actually said, but what I think you were trying to say is that Randall Cobb was a better receiver than Urban. Pretty yeah. much exactly what I said. Yeah. Um, I miss Randall Cobb, guys. By a lot. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Randall Randall was definitely better. Like, Irvin doesn't have those straight-up route-running plays yet, yeah, he but he's starting to get them. He's starting to get them. He drew a pass interference call, which would have been legitimate if the ball were closer. Yeah, I don't think you can trust his hands, like, to go there consistently yet. He's got the speed. He's got he's got play breaking abilities. I think we're gonna yeah, see. You want to get him the ball in open field and let him run with it. He's not. You're not trying to throw it to him over the middle by any means. First of all, how many? So how many touchdowns does Tyler Irvin have? None. Let's let's talk about this. Because because we all see the potential for Tyler Irvin, but I, I just compared him to a Dante Hall <laughs> X factor. He's not there yet. No. Right. No. 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 And, and but that's what we kind of need him to be, right? We need him to. That's what you want him to be. We you want him like him every be, yeah. every three four games to do some crazy shit. Like yeah. we're coming up on game number four. Yep. Hey, Tyler Irvin breakout game versus Atlanta. I think oh, that, I think that could I'm be a thing. It. Oh yeah. I'd order that if I saw it on a menu. Um. But I wanted to bring up Irvin because he's so emblematic of what Lafleur's offense is becoming. Mm-hmm. Of this, of this, you know, Irvin is positionless in the way that our runs and passes are one and the same. And you're seeing, you know, Irvin more often than anyone else doing that jet motion across the line of scrimmage um, before before plays to to draw the defense in a certain direction it is really beautiful to watch and LaFleur has to look so much more healthy and natural than it did last year LaFleur has command of it Rodgers has command of it the personnel has command of it it looks good and mm. smooth it looks scary at times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I don't like Rodgers has been fantastic. Aaron Jones has been fantastic. Lazard has been fantastic game in, game out. But the one coherent thought throughout has been LaFleur's offense has really been hidden this year in a way Dude. that it was not last year. Yeah, no, it it really does look dangerous. I was watching Baldy's breakdown, and uh, I, like that was just it was like drinking pure hype juice. You know, he's got his music going in the background. He's like, look at this shit. Look at this. 
I got my broke finger up my butthole right now. It's <laughs> unstoppable. The, the segment is called, like... <laughs> it's nothing about fingers. Uh, it's... <laughs> The segment is called, like, Why the Packers' Offense is Unstoppable, unstoppable. and it's a 10-minute breakdown of, like, you know, seven plays or something. And it's just, like, you don't know where anybody's going. Guys just come out of nowhere, and Aaron just hits them perfectly in stride. Like, Aaron really, like, the command that he's showing of this is is really scary. Like, yeah. we are getting it done. Like, Alan, I don't think Alan Lazard would work with Mike McCarthy. That dude would just be covered the whole time. Yeah. Right? But we're finding ways to get him open, and he's doing his job, and it's and it's just working. Like, you, it, how, it, Mercedes Lewis has one touchdown. Bob Tanyan has two touchdowns. Um, does DeGuara have a touchdown? No. No, he has a catch or two. I don't know if he does. Devontae has, like, 12. Jones has 15. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I mean, you get Devonte Adams back in this thing, and you got a guy that actually needs that just sucks up coverage, and still gets his is still gonna get his. Yeah, I, you wonder where the offense has potential to expand because, you know, last last year when you had guys like Irvin and Lazard, and you know, it was like Remember? these. These guys need to get involved, and we need to see how that they affect the offense. I think like there's still room to to do more with the running backs, Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon, and then also the tight ends, Degora and Sternberger. Like, mm-hmm. what do they look like when they're getting touches? Mm-hmm. Um, Would anybody else feel just a little bit better if we still had Kumar out? Yeah, I think I would. Just a- yeah. And if behind MBS was Kumail yeah. instead of a bunch of fucking random question marks. Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard, yeah. He wasn't great, but I was starting to build confidence. He was starting to build confidence. But, but is I, it, I, is, I, yeah, is it more streamlined? I, I, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have that guy. Is he still out on the street? He was, He <laughs> went to the Bills practice squad last I heard. That's last I heard. I did not see him when I briefly watched the Bills Rams game on Sunday. Off the Bills practice squad. I don't think I don't think we do that. Like the whole point is to build these guys. If if Alan Lazard goes down, maybe, but it we rarely go that direction. Yeah. If Alan Lazard goes down, we're going to put Malik Taylor up the chart before we go reaching for Jake Kumarow because that's why we, we made that decision. Somebody up from the practice squad. Yeah. Um, I can see it. It's a bit of a stretch and a reach, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, it would surprise me. But we have um, we have a great offense, and we're bringing it to one of the worst defenses in the league. We're also back home, right, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, I don't know. The way Aaron Rodgers is exploiting this situation i almost prefer being on the road right now right get your road games in before people right. start allowing fans um no been massacring it yeah it that whole final touchdown against the saints was aaron Rodgers draws guy off sides gets free play throws to end zone when he wouldn't and alan lazard draws penalty now yep. they're on the one yard line and they get another, another penalty, penalty. <laughs> yeah 
it was but it was it's amazing how you could you just see the way that that affects games the way that he's able to have even more of a command of the situation mm-hmm. um and it's not just when there's penalties either. It's just smoothness and, and comfort uh, for him. And, yeah. I like getting these, like, live game reps, too, without fans. Because I think I think Aaron Rodgers is able to focus. And when he's able to focus, then it's really dangerous. And just having this kind of habitual focus in these game time reps... Without anyone in there, I think there's like now he has a different you know well of experience to draw from when he get when you get back into situations with uh, with people in the stands. And I'm not talking about like shit like hard counts or anything, but I'm just talking about game reps of of plays going through progressions and understanding how to focus through those things. I think that's I think that's important, and I think it's something that uh, Aaron Rodgers could take from this experience. Guys, but I think no more fans anymore ever. <laughs> Dude, no. I, mean, like, <laughs> I think it's great. I think, Let's just stop letting fans come. I just watched the highlights from the 2014. Well, I'm so I'm gonna take the NFL Network's word for it. The 2014 um, Falcons. Packers game. I think it was because I mean we put up forty points. Uh, there okay. were f- there were good, fans right? in the stand, and it was like it made me really sad, actually, to just go back and look at all these games with no fans, and it's like ugh, the sinking feeling. Definitely makes I'm definitely thankful to have football in this time. But everybody stay home, be safe, wear a mask. Yeah. Yep. It's fine. You can still watch the game. You can still cheer for film. It's fine. You can. You can. You can. It's not the optimal situation, but it's the best way to do it. It's what we gotta do. It's what we gotta do. Is this a trap game? No. No? The Falcons are 0 3. Without the buy ahead of it. Mmm. Well then, what do you do with it? Because you should win. The Falcons. The Falcons have had leads on teams like the Bears and the Cowboys, who both, you know, are thought of as not as good as their record because of the leads that the Falcons got on them, um, (laughs) in part. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting situation. This is a desperate Atlanta team. You can say that for them. Mm -hmm. They are desperate. Uh, scary. They're in a corner. Yeah, 0-3 is bad. 0-4 is, like, fucked. Yeah, you're done. So, I'll say... Yeah, this this offense, who do they have at running back? Devontae... Todd Frank? Gurley. Todd Gurley. Rich hit. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they got Todd Gurley. That's right. Uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. All those guys are problems yep hayden hurst at tight ends that dude's a problem they matt ryan fuck matt ryan he's my fantasy quarterback but he's been overrated his whole career 
and he's gonna start to prove it right now. Well, this is a pride. This is a pride thing for Lafleur too, because that was his season when Lafleur was his QB coach. He won mm-hmm. MVP. Mm-hmm. Remember, Matt Ryan won MVP more recently than Aaron Rodgers. Throw that out there. Oh, damn. Damn. Um, Matt Ryan yeah. won an MVP. Yeah. Yep. I think, uh, so yeah, they, they do have some problems on offense, but this defense is built for shootouts. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'd, I'd like to see our defense do some shit. I'd li- I would like to see our de- defense step up, hold this team to under 28 points. I think Jair Alexander needs to make Calvin Ridley his fucking baby. Yeah. Not Julio Jones. You're more worried about Calvin Ridley. Uh, Julio Jones is going to be coming off an injury, but also Kevin King is a better matchup for Julio Jones because he has more of that height. Though I'm sure they'll put, I'm sure I, they won't discriminate. I'm sure they'll put Jair on him too. Yeah. I, I always think, think that they should. I think they Kevin King is a better match for Julio. I mean, body wise, yeah, but I don't know if skill wise. I I would feel safer with Jair on Julio. Kevin King on Calvin Ridley. See, this is where you were facing a team whose strengths are your strengths, and if your strengths can outwit them, you will you will see a right. very strong defensive performance. Should be all right. We gotta stop the run. Kenny Clark. Hoping to get him back. back, Yeah, you know he was questionable. I think for Sunday night. He was he was a game. He was making a push. Yeah, he should be back. I haven't heard anything about who's back. I'm fine with it. Like with the bye week coming up against the Falcons, I'm okay with Devontae and Kenny Clark continuing to rest. So those those are the matchups that I'm worried about. That I think you know you could. I think we'll be all right. You could go either way with the edge. Like, I don't think Matt Ryan gives them an edge over our defense. Aaron Rodgers over their defense. I'd I'd love to see us put up 50 points. Definitely. I I think that's the mentality we should go into this game with. Yeah. Score, score, score. Maintain the 40. I love that we're still at 40. On average? Yep. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I want to keep that up. That's fun. That's really exciting. I want to see Aaron Rodgers break a record. I want to see Aaron Rodgers throw eight touchdowns. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be 56 points. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, yeah, nine then. I don't think I don't think cool you can get 63. I don't think you can get Aaron that high in touchdowns without having to hand one off to Aaron Jones. I don't know. We'll see. I want to see Aaron break that record. See, it's funny because going from the Saints to the Falcons is like you had a team who was a threat on offense and like stout on, you know, pretty stout on defense, an NFC South team, a dome team who was at, you know, they're at home. It's like everything about this week is just slightly easier. Except it, yeah, that that's a good metaphor for it. Except for 
with no Michael Thomas, you're going from Traquan Smith to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And mm-hmm. that's a big thing. But like I said, that's our strength too. So we'll see. It's But it's hard to get nervous about this game or say anything other than like this has to be a sound win right you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot sugarcoat it last week we were saying you know if we play a good game and they beat us at home it is what it is yeah and your two and one stretch over these three games in the in the nfc south this has to be one of your wins yes you're counting on this to be a win yeah because you come you come back you're at tampa bay and that's a more mature team yeah oh we're gonna fuck tampa bay up i'd love i would love to fuck tampa bay up I would love to fuck Tampa Bay up, but it... We're gonna. Yeah. Strange days with these NFC South teams. Mm-hmm. These aren't these aren't our biggest rivals, but... I mean, the Falcons have certainly cost us over the years. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, but we've got the better of them as well. It's true. Dan Quinn's team. Yeah, Dan Quinn, former Super Bowl champion coach yeah as of the third quarter of 2016 yeah 2017 and also you know the seattle seahawks yeah that defense yep got himself a job off of his defense and his defense is is sad that's what i'm saying like what what is the most innovative defense in the league right now like who's really doing it the ravens new england who, who did New England lose to? Seattle on Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you look for, for defensive chutzpah. Tiffany's. Yeah. So that that's an interesting thought. Maybe the, I mean, the Bills, they... They just gave up 32 to the Rams. Yeah. It's about to beat the Packers. Yeah, the best shootout defense in the league. Built for shootouts in the year of the shootout. It's good, good thing to be. Christian Christian Kirksey can cover a tight end deep down. I mean, here's the thing: it's still the 49ers, still the best defense because their defensive line is still monstrous without Nick Bosa. Who else did they lose? They lost more people on that defense. They had they they lost DeForest Buckner. They have Eric Armstead. Still have Fred Warner. They still have Fred fucking Warner. Richard Sherman. No, they don't. He got hurt. Sherman's hurt. He's a little dinged up, but Sherman. Sure, he's not Warner. done hurt. I don't know. They'll have him when we play him. You know what? I was gonna look that up, but that's not our podcast. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Hell no. Um. I'm not nearly as scared of the 49ers as I was at the beginning of the year. Bring the fuck back on. Yeah. That, oh, when do we play them? Week 7. Ooh. Yeah, we get like all of our toughest games out of the way first half of the season. No, it's week I thought it was 9. Week nine. Yeah. yeah, it's maybe week 9. They're probably the yardstick for when it stops being so hard. Yeah. After that, we got the Bears twice and a bunch of fucking assholes. A lot of AFC South on that back end of the schedule. We play the Jags, the Texans, and the Titans. Yeah. 
You play the Panthers. Yep. And the Eagles. Yeah, we get to the second half. We're fucking coasting. So is that just the way that the NFL schedule works? Then you play the AFC South and the NFC South? Because last year, didn't we play the AFC West and no, the NFC no, West? No, because there's four divisions and that you rotate through in the AFC, and you only rotate through three in the NFC. Yeah, okay. Right, so it gets off kilter. Okay. It's syncopated. Mm-hmm. It's Twitterpated. I want to remember that word. When was the last time anyone watched Bambi? <clears throat> I've got it on DVD if you want to watch it right now. All right. Delicious. Yeah. Let's uh let's wrap this up. Then. <laughs> yeah. Let's watch some fucking Bambi. Take us to a better place for the night. <laughs> fucking weedy ass deer. It's wimpy deer. Wimpy deer. Uh, uh. I'm out of breath. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I hope we win. Um. I think I think it'll be interesting to see what the Falcons' defense does because right now they're thought of as total shit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press the issue on that. You know, I'm not gonna do my research. No, I can believe it. They're the worst scoring defense in the league. Yeah, seven burgers.